All right, welcome back to Lindroth Hockey Podcast. Now you are both with co-hosts this week, finally, Andrew and Jim Lindroth. Dad, how are you doing today? Doing great, Andrew. We're going back over across the pond, as we say, and this is going to be for the uh, Elite League, the UK Hockey. Uh, we've actually been trying to get this guy on for quite a bit, and uh, you know, schedules get crazy and so forth like that, and we finally... Uh, Convince him to come on. So give us the intro. We're excited about this one. Yeah, we're excited to have with the Scottish player, Harry Ferguson. So Harry, and starting in 2014, 2015, was playing for Scotland under 20 team. And then later was playing between the SNL and the EIHL for the Edinburgh Capitals in the IHL. And then later in 2018, 2019, until 2021, he played for Milton Keynes Lightning between the EIHL and NIHL. And now uh, the past two years, including this year, is now um playing for the glasgow clan so we've been following him um all the season since we've been trying to book him so we're excited to have him on today so without further ado harry how are you doing today man hey, harry yeah i'm great thanks um just just a usual day for me in the rink in the rink in the morning at a workout in the afternoon how are you guys yeah doing well not too doing bad well. so i gotta say we we had on kino before we had another fellow scottish uh hockey guy on here what talk to us about your experience playing hockey uh, in Scotland growing up, and maybe just what you had available to you, what you did, and kind of just talk to us about Scotland and hockey. Yeah, so it's uh, it was it was quite tough, I think. Like when when I was younger, specifically like where I come from in Scotland, so I come like from the northeast coast, so it's a long way up there, probably probably four hour drive from Glasgow, maybe three and a half. Up there, it's pretty remote. Like you're, at the, I think I was lucky. I had a I had a nice rink not too far from me. My parents got me into it just through. I ended up doing my swimming lessons and ice ice skating lessons at the same time because it was kind of it was like a leisure center, um, and then got playing around when I was five, but it's just a small small city up there. The next nearest rink's probably two and a half hours, in Aberdeen. And then you've got Dundee, maybe three hours away. But uh, yeah, it's, there's not not an awful lot of ice time for for kids up there. I, I'm not too sure how it would be down here. There's obviously a lot more rinks down here. It might have been a little bit easier. Um, but trying to get kids into sort of into the game up there was tough when I, especially when I was young. Um, but I would say I was probably I was probably on the ice from from when I was five until I was like 12 13 ish maybe 45 minutes a week okay wow that's it 45 minutes a week so and talk to us about this then because starting like I said in the intro um 2014 2015 that's the earliest stuff that they have on you for even for elite prospects you played for Scotland under 20 team how did you get on the team and um, kind of talk to us about that team, because if you're saying that there wasn't too much available, I'm surprised they, they had a national team ready to go. Yeah, so the, it, that's where the central belt kind of always had a pretty decent junior system. Um, you're sort of Dundee, Dundee stars. Their junior system was real good. And then uh, Kirkcaldy, they're called, which is what, where Fife is based. Um, in the elite league so they had a real good junior system um so it was an edinburgh also so down there it was a lot like the majority of the league was all sort of down near the central belt um but back to the 
what you were asking. I so it was under 13s. Under 13s was my first year playing for Scotland. So there was there was a there's there is a league. There's like under I think it I think it was under 12s, under 14s, under 16s, and then it jumped up to U20s. Um, so I was obviously just playing in the in the Scottish league like as a kid. And then under 13s, they have tryouts every, I think it's at the end of the season. I want to say near the end of the season. They have like at the end of the month on a Sunday, they'll have they'll have like two on one hour on ice sessions where they they maybe invite 50 kids and the 50 kids try out and then they will narrow down for the next month and then in a month after they'll select the team. So I think my I think I was it was my senior year at U13s was my first year. And then after that, it was uh, the head coach of the team that picked me for the first the first time I made the Scotland team. His name was Richie Phillips. So he was a head, he was the head coach, I think at the under, I think it would have been under 14s Dundee. And then this is where I got real lucky as a kid. So one of my best buddies I grew up with, he he played ice hockey. He doesn't play professional. Um, he plays in the SNL still. Um, I got lucky his his dad worked offshore so his mom stayed at home she was able to take us down to Dundee me and him started going to Dundee so we were driving three hours to practice every Thursday for to jump on the ice for an hour and then driving three hours home um, which was I mean it was a big commitment but obviously I loved it but like it would it wouldn't have worked out if I wasn't lucky enough to have a buddy's mom that could take me because my parents were working full time and there would have been no way for me to get down there. So I ended up playing in Dundee from when I was 14, 15, and 16, sort of finished out my junior junior in Dundee. And then I got I ended up playing for Scotland right throughout U U fifteens both years, U seventeens both years. And then eventually eventually ended up in the under nineteens or under twenties, Scotland. So who did you watch? What teams, players, uh, who influenced you uh, for hockey? Because I, and I'm sure you played football uh, for American yeah. listeners, soccer. Right. But I'm sure you, you played football a lot. What made you fall in love with hockey and who influenced you? I think so that it's like a good question. I played a lot of football when I was younger and that was always kind of trying to find a balance because Kids here, everyone wants to be a football player. Not many. There's not. There's not a lot. Awful lot of kids that want to be ice hockey players. But I think it was when when I like I always wanted to make that Scotland team. I was real competitive as a kid. I played a ton of sports. Um, I wanted to try and be the best at whatever I was doing. And then I think it was when I when I first made that Scotland team. Kind of, I I got some more. Like I kind of fell in love with the game a lot more especially playing, you were playing with better players. So now you, instead of trying to be the best at your local team, you were trying to be the best at international. And then I just enjoyed how competitive it was. It was, it was hard, but it was good fun. So you go on, you, you're playing in your uh, pro career now here, and you played in the now defunct um, Edinburgh Capitals. And you also played during their sort of, um, troubled years right before I think yeah. the team might have folded and the team was wasn't doing well at the time and and I think they had all sorts of financial issues and so forth but what was it like to be part of that team especially when it was 
kind of you know getting ready to to fold really yeah so i i was young i was i would have been i think i was like just turned 17 i think i'd been there for two weeks i just turned 17 two weeks before leaving to go down there for preseason. so i wasn't really aware of all the sort of behind the scenes stuff i was just i was just excited to be there and be playing and, and get to meet like all these guys that are coming in from america and canada and stuff like that um so it was i was i would say i was probably naive to like what was really going on yeah in the background um it was and it's a big adjustment going from like training for 45 minutes or maybe an hour a week to then training every day for an hour 10 minutes an hour 15 minutes and then having workouts on top of that so that first year pro like it i mean i loved it i loved every minute of it but it was tough. I was like, go to the rink in the morning and I'd be sleeping in the car on the way home. I'd be so tired. And then one of my roommates would wake me up in the afternoon. We've got to go. We've got to go for a workout, come home after the workout and fall asleep. Um, but I mean, I think, I think the fact that I ended up there in the troubled years towards the end of it probably benefited me more than it did anyone because it kind of gave me an opportunity to get ice time where I probably wouldn't have got I mean I was a real young kid I still had to fill out a lot I was small I wouldn't say I was small but I I didn't weigh an awful lot so and you're competing against like guys that had been like veteran players and stuff which was the league back then was a lot of sort of older guys towards the end of their career coming over here so you're it was a league full of vets and coming in as a young kid it, it was it was hard at the beginning. It was a lot and a lot of learning because I mean, the game here, the game here is obviously not not as far along as what it is over in North America. There's like, I mean, I kind of I knew what I knew what center, right wing, left winger were, but when it came to systems and all that, yeah. I was I was kind of clueless. I don't think I don't think many kids here were getting taught that sort of stuff back right. back when we were younger. It was just go out there, play, free roam, have fun. Um, so it was you know, that was like another big adjustment that you've got a job to do here. This is where you should be. This is what you need to do if this happens and and sort of going through the scenarios. Yeah, and then so 2016, 2018, you not only played for the uh, Edinburgh Capitals, but you also played, and help us out with this, Edinburgh Capitals SNL, is that the... Scottish division. Is that yeah. is that their junior? No, so SNL is like their it's it's not a professional league, it's just a um amateur league. And then you also um, still played for the Scotland under 22. I mean, when did all these oh, I mean that's you guys that's yeah, two was, years, man. <laughs> it was crazy. Yeah, it was I was playing I was playing a lot of hockey, but the so the owner at the time when uh he came in, I mean when I was young, it was hard for them to put me out there. In all honesty, like it was just there was just a big, big difference. I mean, I was good for my age when you compared me to other kids, but yeah. but you're you're playing against like veteran pros. I had a lot of learning to do, so it was more that the first year was more just train with a team, try and try and get bigger, try and fill out, like try and compete every day at practice. The second year. Second year, I was playing. I was getting more. I was getting shifts here and there in the elite league, but then the SNL would play right afterwards, 
so I would like I would just change my jersey so I, <laughs> I would change my jersey and then I'd jump on with the other team because then I was guaranteed I'd play top six I'd play power play minutes it'd give me sort of more of an opportunity to keep playing that the owner was always like he always wanted me to be playing he didn't want me to just be sitting on the bench all year as much as he wanted to push me because obviously like when I was elite league it was good I'd get to go out there and I would try try my best to compete with those guys but then I always knew like afterwards all right I got a game afterwards where I sort of get to hang on to the puck and make plays and sort of that stuff and then the U20s I think I would have to check elite prospects myself to remember how many games I played for them but I think that was just more a case of if we had the sort of had the Saturday off from the elite league or if there wasn't an SNL game then I would jump on with the U20s and play there it was just it was just about playing as much as I could so you jump on um with the lightning uh where's that Milton Milton Keynes Milton Keynes and uh strangely enough uh their ownership I guess went through transition and they went from uh the elite league uh and then the ownership put the whole team down to the NIHL and uh I'm going to ask you about that club because being a dumb American we don't get to watch except clips for the NIHL, which right. is for our American yeah. listeners, uh, sort of the farm, the farm team for the elite league over in the UK. And uh, all we see is huge fights. Yeah. A lot of violence. Like it's a tough league. It's almost like our East coast, the ECHL over here in surprised. America. So what was it like playing in that league for a year, year and a half? Especially if you weren't filled out yet, like you were saying at that age. I mean, yeah, feels some, scary. Some, of these, some of these boys are pretty heavy. <laughs> yeah, by the time, by by that time, I I was kind of a bit more confident. Um, I think I was about 19. I would say I was about 19, 20, the years that I was in Milton Keynes. Um, it was, it was good. I'll be honest, like the, the hockey is actually, the hockey was good. And it was tougher, tougher than what I, I think I expected it to be. Um, but I had that year where I was in um, Milton Keynes in the Elite League, where I think that was like a real, it was a good year for, for my development that year. That was my first sort of regular minutes opportunity to play in the Elite League, okay. um, which was under Tim. I We had a coach, Doug McKay, at the start of the year. He's the one that brought me in, um, I think, the owners made a decision to change that up. We ended up with Tim Wallace. I don't know if you remember. He was the coach and he was coaching Nottingham Panthers there last year. Okay. Um, he was, but he was, uh, he was playing. He was obviously a player at the time for MK, became player coach after they released Doug. Um, and he was kind of good with me. It was, it was a weird relationship at the start, I guess, because you go from being teammates and sort of buddies to, then he's the head coach, Colin Shaws. But he took, like, to give him credit, he took a lot of time at the end of practice. Once practice with the team was done, he would work on a lot of individual stuff with me, a lot of skills. And I, I, I just felt that year like I made leaps and strides in my game. Felt more confident. Um, felt stronger, quicker. So after that year dropping down, I think. I went in the season a bit confident, expecting it to be a little bit easier when when it dropped down to NHL. And then I got a quick awakening that it was probably more physical down there than what it, what it was in the Elite League. Yeah. So how did you adjust? I mean, did you adjust well eventually to play? Because I mean, 
dude, you were pushing 100 penalty minutes, 45 games. When you, <laughs> yeah. like, first full season in the NIHL, so, you're like, screw it, we'll just do it. <laughs> yeah, so it's the that first year, yeah, it did take a little bit. That It's more to do, like, and it's not, and it's not getting at the officiating or getting at the referees, but the way the games are sort of raft is a little bit different. Yeah. The sort of stick battles and stuff in the corners, there's a lot more leniency in the elite league. Like if, if it's a 50-50 puck and two guys are battling, they're ne- they're never calling a slash on a 50-50 puck, like unless you're breaking a guy's stick in half. But just that sort of stuff, you'd be going in and sort of if you're if you're going in there too hard and stuff, you would find yourself picking up slashing penalties or and sort of the hit. I don't know. I think it, I would say, mate, yeah, it the adjustment between just getting to know that okay, you can't get away with that here stuff that you would maybe get away with in the elite league and then um just uh, uh, again like just the way you got to be careful what you're saying and stuff making sure you're not taking on sportsman likes for swearing and things like that definitely just different so going to now the pandemic right 2019 2000 or 2020 2021 season excuse me you're supposed to be with Milton Keynes Lightning. Obviously, when you look it up, zero games played. The world is shut down, frozen. We like to ask this to players now because, you know, as people who just work normal jobs, um, you know, most of us still had to go to work or we were off or whatever. But for you guys, if you're out of work, you're not making a living. You're not making any money. So we're always curious about how professional athletes in general dealt with at, at all levels of professional um, sports is how did you deal with that? And um, where were you during this time? What happened with Milton Keynes? Kind of bring us yeah. through the COVID times. So to be fair, I can't complain all that much. I was quite lucky. Um, we, on, I mean, the owner's assumption was that the league was meant to go ahead. We were meant to be playing that year. Um, right through the summer, like I was preparing as if I was as normal. So I was working, I, I was on the ice. I just, I thought, okay, we're going to be back to play. And that's what the, that was sort of what the owners were saying, like, be ready to go. And then I moved down there, me and my partner moved, we drove down there to move into our apartment. I mean, the team set up our apartment ready for us. Um, so they obviously, like, I don't doubt for one minute that they they thought the league was going ahead. So we've moved in and I think we we started skating. We had two weeks preseason where we were on the ice. And then I guess the league got called off. I don't know if that was the league decision. I don't know. I don't know all fully what ended up happening, but obviously the league got called off. They decided they were, they were going to take the year off and then start up the following year. But by that point, I guess the team had already, the team had already paid for six months of rent. Um, so we, me and my partner were there and we both ended up just getting, getting a regular job. Um, I was working in construction. Um, we ended up staying down there because it was nice. I mean, we still got to go on the ice. We were that's still practicing. Nice. Yeah, that's we were, nice. yeah, we were still practicing. Um, as a team? No, or, individual. Oh, yeah. Individual, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. As a team. yeah. Oh, okay. Kind of more, kind of more optional. It wasn't. It wasn't. Right. Oh, you have to be there. But right. the other nice thing was like and Milton Keynes looked after us that year. I mean, the, obviously, I was in. I was in there their apartment and then we got we went on furlough which was kind of the government government paid 80 percent of your salary so 
we were still making 80% of our wages and we weren't playing. So we couldn't really com complain all that much. Right. So I want to kind of jump ahead because we got some uh, questions about now and the future. So um, after the pandemic, uh, you do sign on with uh, the clan in, in Glasgow yeah. and uh, you've been there ever since you're currently there. So what was it like to be back home, so to speak? Yeah. So it was, it felt like forever since I'd been back, back home in Scotland. Um, and, and it was nice. I think I was kind of look. I was kind of leaning towards that. I remember that summer, obviously things were uncertain with COVID. I didn't know. I didn't want to be another year where I was like, uh, I don't just sort of always on the fence. You didn't know what was going to happen. And I was, I said, I wanted to try and make a move somewhere a bit closer at home. Um, and then ended up ended up managing to figure it out with Glasgow. And I was excited because as a when I was younger, Glasgow was always a sort of team. It's like they were always the best Scottish team. Through the years when I was in Edinburgh and when I was in Milton Keynes, Glasgow was always just my impression of them was oh, it's a great organization. Like they run really professionally. Um, they're always a good team. I always kind of wanted wanted to play there someday. So I got the opportunity eventually. I was just, before coming, I was just excited. Excited to get there. Building I'd played in before. I knew I knew that they brought in quite a lot of fans. I knew there was a big fan base here in Glasgow. I knew it was always good fun. There was a good atmosphere. Um, so yeah, it was more just, it was excitement to get going. And also on top of that, you're coming off not being able to play for play for quite a while. So we like to ask this of our um, UK players that we have on the show. What has been, and not looking for names, not trying to stir the pot, but what's it like to work with imports? Particularly, I mean, it, you know, it could be anywhere from the German Dell to the Swedish League, all in North America. Yeah. But what's it like to work with imports? Because it's, it's your country. It's really your team. Imports are coming in. Uh, we have great stories of imports fitting in well other imports are coming in thinking well you guys don't know nothing about hockey i'm the star here but yet you're all on the same team so no, what's, it, what's been your experience working with all the different imports from all around the world i i've had nothing but good experiences and like it's been it's been great there's these guys are coming in and they're coming from more experienced leagues some of them and you got guys coming in from all over the world. Everyone's getting taught the game a little bit different and you're picking up things. I mean, for, for me as a young guy, it was great. Like played with played with a Russian guy called Pavel Voboyev. Played in the show for I want to say four years. Played in the KHL for multiple years. Having a guy like that come in, like you're especially like that was my that was my first year pro. I was kind of more in awe at anything. And having and like that this is a thing all these imports take time to if you want if you want to work on a few things at the end of practice a lot majority of imports will come and work on a few few things with you they're good with helping out younger guys as, as i hope i will one day like when i'm older younger guys that are coming through it's always nice to sort of help out and give back a little bit i i've made some like friends for life some of the imports i've played with I have no, I don't have any grudges. Those guys are, hey, we're all just trying to find jobs at the end of the year, the same. So, so 
Yeah, so so as like growing up in Scotland and, and as you wanted to get into the EIHL and play professionally, we asked Kino the same question too. Was there ever any doubts or was there any like, I don't want to say discouragement, but was it tough to say, oh, I could have a full-time job? Because if you're good enough, you're good enough. But I know that there's a limit on the import players that come in, but yeah. is there ever any more precedent for the imports or is it like there is a fair chance to make it, if that makes sense? It's, I... You know, this, this is a debated topic. Okay. It's a lot of people, you'll get a lot of people that will say that they don't like it because it's, it's like biased towards the imports, obviously. Right. Obviously, they're get, getting more chance, but then you've also got to, like, you got to look at, you got to be able to look in the mirror yourself sometimes and think, look, I've been playing over here. And if a guy's coming in from the AHL, what, what would I do? You're probably going to put the guy from the AHL on the line above, right? right? But to be fair, in my in my experiences, I don't, I can't speak for everyone else. But for me, if I, if I've been playing well, then I get the opportunity to play, and that's and and I mean, I have no complaints there. If if I if if I if the coach thinks I'm playing better, then I'll get to play, and if if I'm not playing better, then the other guy will get to play. And that's that's just hockey. I think that I don't think that matters what country you're in. Um, yeah, and we've noticed too. Um, I mean the uh, um, the international team has been doing well. England, particularly, yep. I think, on the national uh, international scene. And I've got you know we've noticed it. I know we've talked about it just off air before with you. It seems uh, to us that the the uh, elite league. And not just because it's they allow more imports, but the game has really increased skill wise. And it's really now it's one of the reasons why we cover it. I mean, it's uh, uh, seriously a serious professional league, probably on par with the AHL here in America. Um, but a lot of that is the, the UK players have gotten so much better. And maybe that's just experience with the international scene with imports. I don't know, but would you agree? Yeah. Certainly hockey's gotten so much better over there. Yeah, I would say, I would say it's the league, it, the league as a whole has gotten more professional year in year. I, I mean, I remember when I first started, when I first started, it was maybe two, two train twice a week at like 7 PM at night with a Friday optional in the afternoon. Um, now, now I could almost guarantee every single team skating four times a week first thing in the morning. Um, I don't think I think it was. I think back then there was some high end players like like for example Pavel Vaboyev, the guy I played with, or the second year I was there, Jared Stahl was playing. Um, there was always some like top end guys that were real good. I think it's more the depth throughout. Yeah. You've got you got nine import forwards. And it's, it's just becoming deeper and deeper, which is that's what's making the league better and more competitive, I would say, at the same time. So describe your approach to the game now, 2023. How, are you, how do you approach your game? Um, what are you doing off ice as far as conditioning, uh, mental conditioning, uh, still you know, learning more? Because uh, that never stops. Describe sort of what is your approach now to the game? So as I've gotten older, I sort of, I think everyone, the one thing they try and say is like, you got to learn, you got to learn your role and your role can slightly change between where you're playing like each year. 
slightly change, but overall your role is going to be roughly the same. If you're, if you're scoring 30 goals a year, you're going to be your goal scorer. If you're, if you're not scoring so much and you're on the third line, then you need to be working hard. You need to be grinding. You need to be playing the body, blocking shots and just doing your role. As a, as I was younger, kind of always, you always want to be, you want to be scoring goals and you want to be doing, you know, you want to be carrying the puck end to end. Um, but I obviously realized that that's, that's not where I am right now. Um, and it's just more focusing on doing the things I need to be doing better. So if that's blocking shots, I need to be going out there trying to block a shot every time I'm out there. Every time I've got a chance to finish a hit, finish your hits. And I think that's what's helped me sort of keep going in the elite league is more like if you you got to adjust to what your job is and finding a way to adjust, finding a way to help the team and, and add some like benefits somehow. So obviously uh, won't get into any detail, um, but obviously a little drama surrounding the clan in the beginning out of your guys' control. Now that it's all kind of settled and everything, um, is it easier to focus on the game now? Did it not, I assume it probably didn't change much for you guys. You, got, you guys still have a job to do, but How's yeah. the season now, man? Yeah, I know. Like, I'll just say on the start of the year, everyone's, hey, you're still playing a hockey game at the end of the day. You're not you're not thinking about what's going on on the outside. Um, yeah. Everyone's coming there to to try and win the game. I don't, I, I think everyone would agree with that. We're coming in. I'm coming in there trying to do the best I can. I, I still want to have a good game. Um, so, no, none of that stuff was really in the back of my mind come – come game time when you're getting dressed for the game all you're really thinking about is, is that game coming up um now it's now i mean it's more it's a bit more fun now we're winning games i'll say that um, yeah. the start of the year was tough we we lost i want to say 16 or 17 games slide which is that's tough no matter what's going on yeah. um it was difficult at start. I mean, you're playing every game like a playoff game. You're just trying trying to turn the ship around, doing everything you can. And that's one thing about hockey. Sometimes you can almost be trying too hard. It's we were we were maybe over backjacking or we were just doing we were just weren't playing smart. And and the, we were working hard, but we just weren't playing smart. I think was one of the problems. But now now I mean recently, yeah, we've been we've been playing well and i mean it's a good time of the year to start playing well we're excited oh, absolutely. yeah and not only playing well but you guys have had to uh battle through some um uh, some injuries i mean you, you know you got our our friend Booten. he's out with his uh collarbone and it projected probably not to play the rest of the year but you had waltz i mean there's been a lot of injuries but yet you guys uh, have overcome that do you guys think as a team confidence wise you guys are stronger because of all that oh for sure I, I like the adversity yeah the adversity helps the guys everyone bonds a lot better everyone's in the all the guys in that locker room are in the same boat you lose together you win together so it was it helped us I mean the injuries didn't help us but for the guys that were still there playing it was tough for those for the little while. I mean, so obviously Boots and Waltz, have been hurt a long time. We had a f few other injuries, but the, those guys have kind of came back in 
and helped us and we've been just building and building we've had a few we had a couple of new defensemen come in there that I think made quite a noticeable difference um but even the same like when we had when we had eight or nine forwards and we had four defensemen that games you're still going out there to win and nobody's thinking oh we're short on bodies everyone's everyone's professional athletes everyone's there to compete everyone kind of like when you when you're in that situation you just got to look at it as this is an opportunity to play more um so i think that's pretty much what everyone was doing everyone was getting an opportunity to play play more minutes and and try and prove themselves for the playoffs is it is it the top eight teams help us out a little bit yeah top eight so you guys are currently as of this taping you guys are in eighth place so good shot at at making the playoffs. Let's talk a little elite league. Um, we always knew that a Sheffield and uh, and Belfast were going to be good teams this year. Guilford, what what's going on with those guys? They're on a tear all of a sudden. This league is that a surprise, or did you guys go? No, it was we knew that they were going to be that good this year. They're Guilford, Guilford's always a sort of similar team, I think, or just from my years playing, they've always been a really skilled, fast team, quick on transitions. And so, no, it doesn't, doesn't surprise, like the team, I knew the team would be good and I knew they'd be fast and I knew they'd be quick in transitions and things like that. Surprised me a little bit that they, that they've held on to like leading the league for so long. I think Guilford, I remember, I remember a few years ago, Guilford got off to a real hot start. Um, and then a couple of the other teams ended up catching up with them eventually, but no, like to give Guilford their benef- benefits, they've been, they've been good this year and they, and they've kept going. I mean, they started off hot and they've had to keep battling to stay up there. They haven't really let it slide yet. The Challenge Cup, obviously, the finals coming up between Fife and and Belfast, and of course, I don't think anybody's surprised that Belfast made it. They're just a a great team again this year, I guess. But uh, what's it like for Fife in th- that area? Because uh, from what I've read, they've not made it to a, uh, a Challenge Cup final before. Yeah, no, I uh, I'm sure they're pretty excited. I mean. I don't think our fans will be all that excited. <laughs> them being a, them being our rivals, um, but I'm sure they're excited over there. I mean, it's quite quite surprising that they managed to go that far and being beaten Sheffield in the semi-finals. Like they ought to give themselves a pat on the back for that. Sheffield's a tough team to play against, especially in their arena. So Fife is your rival. That was going to be one of our next yeah. question: is who is your rival? But that would be Fife, and that makes sense. Only a couple hours down the road, you said, right? Yeah, yeah. They're I want to say two two hours tops. Yeah. So they're not they're not too far away at all. It's always good because a lot of a lot of fans. I don't know about over in North America, but a lot of fans travel here. So when we go play Fife, there'll be there'll be a good few busloads of fans come through. So we have a pretty big following when we go to Fife and vice versa. When Fife comes to play us in our arena, there's a good few busloads of Fife fans come to our rink. So it's always good. Always a good atmosphere because the arenas are close to being sold out or if not sold out. I, I want to say our last game against Fife was a sellout. We're going to finish with uh, the lightning round. And this is sort of our listeners appreciate this because your responses, these are typical questions probably nobody ever asks you. And so the, the fans like this. You can respond and we're putting you on the spot. You can either just give us a name, a place, 
If there's a story and you want to share, the time is yours. But we're going to kind of hit you with some fast questions and whatever you come up with is whatever your brain comes up with at the moment. All right. All right. All right. You want to start, Andrew? We'll say your professional days. What which arenas had the worst ice conditions? Oh. All right. Uh, quick off the top of my head, I'm going to say Coventry. And I think that's just biased to this year because I don't know if they've had issues. Or I don't know if they're changing their plan or what's going on down there, but it has been the ice has been awful this year. Not normally known for being so bad, but this year specifically, it's there's water dripping from the ceiling. I don't know what's been going on down there. I think they're in the process of changing plants or something. Something was going on. That was right back at the start of the year, but I remember going down there and yeah, it was it wasn't great. Do you have any pregame rituals or superstitions? Pre-game rituals. No, not really not really. I'm a pretty religious two-touch player, so make sure I get my two-touch games in. Other than that, no. Okay. Has there been any uh, rats in your career? Anybody that's just constantly spearing you, jabbing you, but maybe won't fight you or do anything about it? Who gets under your skin the most? Yeah. Uh, who gets under my skin? I got to answer this one. I did. Well, no, no I... you don't. You, you you don't have to. Uh, most like to, but sub, sometimes they're careful. Let's put it this way. Uh, I, I think it was McNally was on a couple weeks ago and. And he had just gotten into a tiff with uh, DeLuca in Manchester. Oh, yeah. So they, so he was right away like, oh, man, I want to kill that guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I don't think – I don't have anyone that's been chipping away at me for for long enough for me to say that they're a rat. His, good, his, who's been the strongest guy maybe in front of a net with battling that – you just couldn't move. Somebody that is just so strong. There's usually not, not in front, not in front of the net, but the first, the first player that comes to mind was Brian McGrath. And I remember this was in my younger days. Oh, geez. In my younger yeah. days. I think I was 17, 18. And I was, he was on, he would have been on the left wing and I would have been on the right wing and we're at center ice for a face off. And I just remember looking and going, Oh shit. <laughs> what what league was that? Where, which or which talking, team? It was McGratton. in the elite league. Yeah, yeah, McGrath and McGrath. Yeah, yeah, McGrath, McGrath. He was he played for Nottingham Panthers. Of course so. he did. They've always got tough. So guys. you went in the corner. You're only six. What do you say? Seventeen, eighteen. Did you say I'm I'm sorry, sir? <laughs> oh, I just oh, it was just off the face off, and I knew like I'm trying to hide. I just knew I got to hold this guy up here if we win the draw. It's like I don't know what I'm gonna do. <laughs> yeah. Well, he didn't ask you to go, right? Oh, no. I think I would have been dumping it and changing as quick as I could. <laughs> That's what I would have done. I would have done too. <laughs> um, uh, next one. Uh, the worst, and we're going to say the Elite League, and I, I guess we'll put you on the pressure, but who cares? Uh, the worst dressing room, because we've been keeping a poll oh. from all the Elite players we've asked, and uh, one team in particular is winning the worst locker room in the Elite League. Really? I would say it's going to be. It's going to be a toss-up between Manchester and Coventry. Yeah, yeah, Manchester gets the shit all the time. Yeah, man. Manchester. So what is it? Just small? Oh, small, cold, <laughs> cold showers. Oh, yeah, I heard the cold showers last time, too. Yeah. yeah. It's not nice um, traveling. traveling yeah. Crazy, craziest 
craziest thing or most embarrassing thing to happen to you in a game or the warm-up? Anything embarrassing? We've had everything from falling to scoring on their own net to during a game, anything like that. Yeah, a- anything um, that embarrassing? Most embarrassing thing. No, I've had a few toe picks and heel picks probably in my time playing. Nothing okay. too, nothing that nothing that comes right to mind, and I think, oh, I'm embarrassed about that forever. That'd be great. This will be the last question. I don't want it to sound too broad or generic. Just the first thing that pops in your mind when I say, "What's been the the best moment in your pro career so far?" So, so far. far. So far. Is there been a game, a moment, of anything? But I think my first goal in the elite league. Awesome. Yeah. So, can you describe it? Obviously, you remember it. Oh, it was, it was a top, and I remember how nervous I was as it was coming to me. Though I think it was uh, <laughs> the shot. A shot came up from the point. I think it was the left defenseman. The puck got moved low to high, and then the defenseman's take take it took a shot from the left hand side, and I was kind of driving back post, but he's missed the net short side, so it's hit the it's hit the boards behind the net, and it was popping out. But the goalie was obviously looking the other way like trying to find the puck behind the net and it's just came hot. It's came hot off the back wall and I've had it is coming right to me. I was kind of, I was down close to the goal line, but I was just panicking. I was like, I have to put this thing in the net. <laughs> yeah. And, that would have been the most embarrassing. That would have been if you'd missed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, Harry, hang on. We'll say goodbye off air, but officially we can't thank you enough. And, and hopefully uh, you had a good time here on the show. Thanks, man. Yeah, no, thank you very much. I appreciate you guys having me on here. Okay, Harry, great guy. Yeah, fun time. It's always good to get uh, the homegrown UK players on, though, because I can imagine with all the imports, man, if I'm growing up, and this is just me as a 26-year-old, I, I would just, growing up at 17 or 18, I'd be like, do I have as much of a chance of AHL, former NHL guys are coming over? But there's, what, eight or nine imports you're only allowed to have per season? So it's like, Still, I thought team. it was less than that. I, I maybe six, they increased. I thought it was six, but maybe eight or not. I could be wrong. We're just we're dumb Americans over here, right yeah, now. exactly. But like I said, um, we follow the elite league and try to watch as many games as we can, even though it's kind of hard because it's a six hour difference. Well, and the illegal streams that we get to kick us off sometimes. So if anybody has any good streaming, let us know, <laughs> Jack. Again, thank you, man. You've, you've hooked us up a couple times now, yeah, yeah. But, you know, we follow it because it's really competitive hockey and it's great. And um, we didn't get we talked off air with Harry about this. Uh, we didn't we forgot to mention on there that uh, hockey and popularity is growing and growing. Yeah. And the uh, elite teams are are becoming more stronger financially and really becoming like we talked about, like a good farm team would be the comparison here in uh, in, in North America. And it's just really good hockey. And uh, our North American people, we've some we've turned some of them onto it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, certainly, we we want to shout out our our hello and love to all the UK listeners because UK listeners and follow us on Twitter and uh, subscribe to us. Um, they're all um, uh, getting to be almost a majority of our listeners, so we're yeah. happy to bring some more players on and and bring a sort of hopefully unique perspective uh, to how we ask questions and what we ask are these players. Yeah, absolutely. It's cool that too. Just want to pick up the little bit. He was only practicing 45 minutes a week at one point as he was growing up. So it's just cool to see him finally be able to become a pro and 
do this for a living. So it's a cool story and putting Scotland on the map. Yeah. Put Scotland on the map. Baby. Yeah, it, it is. And they've got some good teams as well. So we'll uh, stop here and uh, we'll have uh, more guests on. Uh, we record them and then we release them once a week. So I'm not sure who's up next. I can't remember, but uh, that's already ready to go too. So uh, keep listening. Follow us on Twitter. We also have YouTube. We're starting to get subscribed to YouTube. We're a little lax of trying to get the videos on there. Uh, just because some of the videos, it's you wouldn't really want to watch. Right. I mean, so, yeah, we're not like spitting chiclets where we've got the nice studio and have them in here. Right. It's like it's we're in the car. It's literally watching like a Zoom call. But <laughs> some people like it. So we are up. We will eventually have most or all the episodes up, but we have. Well, this is 119. It'll be quite a, a while. One, this is 120. 120. So, yeah, it's there's a lot of episodes to uh, upload, but we'll get it there. So check us out on YouTube. Subscribe. Go Hockey. Let's uh, continue to uh, push Twitter in the uh, all hockey. Yep. And uh, we'll catch everybody later. Go Bruins.